Hello ladies and gentlemen, uh, today we're going to go through uh, theme number four. I wanted to tell you guys once again that everything that is said in these videos is also on Spotify, I think also on Apple Podcasts, but I don't have an iPhone or any Apple product, so I can't really check. So if you find it there, please let me know, but I had like this uh, little you know, notification uh, on my Gmail that it's been accepted. And it should be also on uh, Google Podcasts and also Pandora. I don't know what people use, but I think that's a good base. Uh, so for people that are listening to my voice as they are going to sleep or driving in a car, you have more options than to eat up all your bandwidth uh, through video, which is cool, which is nice. It's also ad-free, so that's cool too. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't care too much about revenue. I just uh, want to uh, get my voice out there. Today, I, I want to admit that I feel a little bit extra tired. I think uh, the days of waking up early is um, definitely catching up to me. Uh, today, I'm not planning to review any games. So I'm just going to summarize some of the drafts, some quick thoughts, and some ideas coming into the next day. Uh, we are going to uh, review... Uh, tomorrow, uh, a couple of um, the games that we saw today, especially maybe TSM versus LGD, Genji versus Fnatic was a banger, and G2 versus Team Liquid was also interesting. I think uh, a lot of uh, the viewers here are, uh, you know, European fans and NA fans, so it was uh, definitely a fun one. Uh, the G2 review will be quick, so why not? <laughs> Yeah, today was was interesting. You know, on the topic topic of G two, I think a lot of people are asking the question: Can Yankos play these junglers? And um, to be fair, you know, uh, Yankos has made some individual mistakes. That's what I would call them. He has invaded at the wrong time. I think he has made some pathing choices that are regrettable. Uh, today, I think when he's playing Nidalee and uh, he dies level 1 and loses his red and has no option of invading the enemy side, I think um, there is very little recovery for uh, Jankos in this game. I think um, mechanically in teamfights, uh, yesterday when he played against Machi X Esports, looked decent. Uh, once again in that game, he was also killed by the Graves, and uh, I think Machi X and Gemini made a good concentrated effort to deny him that and kill him. And then, of course, the first game they played against Suning, uh, SuFM also put on a clinic. But Jungle is a very intricate and delicate role that requires a lot of precision from your teammates, especially in a meta where all your laners are supposed to play for you. And um, I don't think the question is ever, can a player mechanically play a champion like Evelyn or Nidalee or Graves? Because I don't think it's that difficult. I honestly don't think it's that hard. I think it's just about uh, the mindset that your team is in and that you're in. And that mindset is, of course, very, very different. G2 historically have always played for the lanes, and the lanes have played in a very particular manner, and it's obvious that G2 have practiced this particular style. And um, it is far from clean. I think uh, this is not me trying to bullshit you or trying to cover up the fact that uh, 
there are indeed some issues that were showing in these three games. Uh, we'll just have to pay attention to it. Uh, I just wanted to bring up the conversation that it's a team-wide thing, how you are supposed to you know, deal with the current jungle meta. That's just an important point to make because people are pointing fingers and saying jungle gap. Like, for example, Canyon, the way his team plays around his decisions is, is uh, you know, goals. You know, hashtag British ship goals. Yay. I don't know why I did that, but uh, yeah, I associate that hashtag with people that would say, yay. Canyon, fantastic. Casa, synergy with the lanes and how he wants to play the game. Also fantastic. Uh, but let's jump into the game, uh, first game of today. So what was confusing to me about this one was, so G2 went with the plan of banning top laners. Mm, I, like if I think of G2 and how good Wunder is, uh, I wouldn't rush to do this. I think any of these champions, Shen, Mordekaiser, Orn, these are champions that, that Wunder is so well equipped to deal with. This felt like G2 went with what they've been doing in scrims and what they've learned from scrims instead of doing what G2 does best and that is adjust to their enemy. They went for this Renekton strategy and these three bans, you could argue that they paid off because Renekton was winning against Volibear pretty hard and that is where G2 had any kind of lead but the issues came from the other sides of the map. So G2 went for this idea where they knew that, uh, of course, Nidalee wouldn't be picked on 1-2. Uh, they knew that Graves would be the one chosen. And they knew with these three bands and Kamel also out, that Volibear would be the go-to choice for Team Liquid. I like the Lucian ban, I like the Camille ban, and I like the Twisted Fate ban. Uh, they kept the game within their wheelhouse. Now, let's be honest, you know, uh, this is a Volibear that did practically nothing. And that's okay. That's okay in some games. Uh, it isn't uh, something that is problematic as long as you're winning hard enough on the other side of the map. And this is what Team Liquid accomplished. As long as Volibear is not feeding the enemy Nidling, getting, giving her a way back into the game, it doesn't matter. You can contract this, this, contrast this Volibear performance to uh, Solo's Renekton. If if that solo if Solo's Renekton just gave up a couple of CS and didn't die to the graves, this game that game FlyQuest played against Unicorns of Love would have been very, very difficult to deal with. Nevertheless, they went for Volibear because they wanted to leave third pick open in case where uh, there's a potential mid-counter pick or a, a AD carry counter pick. We like it either way. Nidley and Ash gets locked in. Uh, this is something that um, I, I I don't know how I feel about Ash because I think you know, there are spots where she is not that great. And um, I think especially, you know, in this case, when Callista was locked in into Ash, I was kind of surprised. I was a bit taken away because it didn't come like Ash into Callista in my eyes is a good matchup for Ash. But Team Liquid carefully crafted this plan and had a lot of faith in Tacticals Callista. I think a lot of Callista matchups turn into skill matchups if your Callista player is good enough and Tactical is a fantastic Callista. So they went for the Callista. I think in other cases, I would probably look to go for the Oriana third here for Jensen. I think Oriana uh, as a champion is a very, very you know high quality pick. And I think... Uh, maybe the fear is that Callista is going to ban second wave if they go for that Oriana because Callista is something that is a target ban, of course, against Tactical. 
they would probably ban Callista and Twitch, and then G2 would be playing exactly in their wheelhouse. So the Callista gets taken away. No problem. Tom Kench gets banned, Pantheon gets banned. Now this is where everything gets a little bit confusing for me. Leona has an answer, answer to Tom ban, okay. Um, set fourth pick, okay. We like it. It was a good denial because we aren't sure if the enemy mid laner in caps knows uh, or knows how to play sets. Set would be the perfect synergy for Nidalee, and set Callista is a very powerful lane that has a lot of agency from one, two, three. The key thing to note here is already Callista set Graves, that is a monster level one. We've seen enough of, of games at World Championships. I say at World Championships because this is always the same cycle when we come uh, to Worlds. Uh, level 1s become so, so important. And uh, Sets, Kalista Graves are very, very powerful, all of them in the level 1. And that is where the Alistar comes in. Alistar interacts well with Kalista, but there are so many small parts in the game uh, that Alistar is weak in. So Alistar is terrible level 1. He's terrible level 2 in a lot of cases because of how weak he is level 1. So that problem snowballs on to level 2 and often level 3. So these, these are terms and situations that you can dictate 100%. Ash Adler says, okay against Kalista set, but I think Kalista set should be winning. Jace gets also locked in, which was surprising to me, very surprising to me. Um, the idea is that you pick an AD jungler together with Nidalee, but um, I think uh, the Syndra band was just off. When I think of Jensen and the mid lane bands that he drew, most of the time in the LCS was always Oriana. I think Oriana is something that uh, Jensen is very, very competent on, and uh, it felt almost disrespectful that Team Liquid were allowed to place themselves in that Oriana Grave situation. Of course, there was a game with Team Liquid against Machi X Lost. That was against the Volibear Syndra combination. They found the gank onto Jensen, and then it quickly got shut down. But in a world where, uh, you know, uh, you look at Team Liquid as a whole, they were given a lot of key pieces uh, in the Graves and the Oriana. But I did like that Team Liquid went for the Callista set. Because if you take a look at the segment that I did on the analyst that's coming into this game, uh, my big point was that they need to make sure that they have a strong bot lane matchup to make sure that Code JJ can impact the map, and oh boy, did he impact the map. Level 1, they killed Nidalee, and they stole the red buff, and it was a situation where Nidalee, already from level 1, was completely suffocated. This was a very, very big problem. Uh, like, if you're playing the composition that G2's playing, and you fall behind from level 1, you're going to have a very, very hard time. The additional effect of this was, of course, that Alistar actually burned Flash, and Flash is key in terms of how much pressure you have as an Alistar. And Callista managed to get the first blood. She had the Cutlass first base, and then the Cutlass against, of course, Bursa Greaves and uh, Longsword is losing for Ash. And uh, just because of that, Team Liquid had full control over bot side. I recommend that you go back and take a look at that game and look at how beautifully CoJJ actually controls the whole river. The tricky thing was always that CoJJ was almost never showing, and the pink wall placement was quite beautiful. 
Set was in fog of war, which meant that Alistar and Ash could not pressure Kalista because they would lose in an all-in, and Go JJ was always hovering around mid lane, which meant that Jace couldn't fight in the moment where he's strong. The moment Oriana reaches a couple of items for free, there is no turning back, uh, which m meant that uh, we had a, a very beautiful game on our hands. This pressure continued, they picked up a couple of kills, they picked up advantages on Graves, uh, Core JJ and Tactical kept snowballing their advantage, Oriana was in a very healthy state, and we mentioned before already that Team Liquid's composition is going to have an easier time later on in the game if um, G2 don't find any major advantages. The itemization is going to be very straightforward, you can buy a couple of armor items, Graves is going to be very durable, he has targets to hit. In a lot of Graves games that he loses is when he's playing against, um, you know, uh, he's playing against a lot of melee champions so Graves can shoot them and he's not playing against a lot of kite compositions that we've seen with the Kindreds and the Syndras and that this is spots where Graves looks rather useless in fights. And uh, there was this big moment in the game where G2 went to swap for the Herald. I understand that people were very shocked by this, but I understood the decision. Keep in mind, I'm tired, so maybe I'm remembering this wrong. We're going to review this together on the channel. Uh, I remember that Kalista had Blade Ruin King advantage over Ash, and that is a very terrible position because Ash and Alastair are not going to have any prior tempo ever again. And there is a world where Team Liquid still get first tower and G2 gain nothing out of it. I think in a world where they uh, continue to lane, I think they're going to lose full push, Set is going to go into mid, they're going to pick up Herald completely for free, and there's going to be no return damage from G2. And I think G2 just took the one time they had tempo when Kalista was basing for Blade to swap into topside and make sure that there is some kind of trade in place. Because in my eyes there, I think that the train had already sailed for any potential Volibear dives because the control over mid together with Set and Graves was already too big. So everyone was like, oh, this swap means that the game is over. I think the game was over already before that because the swap was kind of, you know, uh, just a way to trade towers because I think the, the, the towers would fall regardless. I think... Um, Team Liquid, when they're ahead, I think they are very precise. I think they're a good team when they're ahead. And uh, when the compositions are this polarizing, I think uh, Team Liquid were in a dominant position for the entire game. Very smart level one, very good continuation for set. Any fights that uh, G2, you could see that they found some scrappy opportunities, but... Um, Oriana with the ultimates and the shockwaves and how set, how durable set was with his armor items. It just uh, made for some easy fights for Team Liquid because they were ready to follow up. So if we look at G2 and what they need to change, you know, I don't think it's time to raise the alarm. We know that this was a possibility with G2. I even took the gamble that they're going to lose against Marchi X. I thought, uh, you know, against TL, they're going to be cool. You know, this was the, the right one to burger flip you know <laughs> we, we uh, we've been talking in the on the channel about you know g2's you know odds of losing best of ones uh, tends to be you know up and down i think also uh, their draft 
and their level one made this game very difficult to play from uh, minute two already. I think Team Liquid do deserve props for punishing that hard. I think Core JJ, his play was really, really beautiful. And um, I think um, Core JJ has continued to impress. And uh, I think in the conversation of uh, top five supports, I think Mickey and Core JJ make a very, very strong case for themselves because Mickey has been very, very good in this tournament. I think Wunder's form is looking good. And I think Caps today on the Jace looked very poor. Jensen was uh, uh, the better performer, which is something that I didn't think I would say, if I'm going to be completely honest. And that's cool. We'll have to see how G2 advance in the progression of Nidalee. But uh, it worries me, you know, in the context of G2 in a, a best-of-five against a Damon in the top esports, I think in the current form uh, there is uh, very little hope. But uh, the same thing can be said for any Western team. Uh, we will have some conversations about Fnatic, but that is going to be later in this video when uh, we indeed talk about their match, which is the fifth game. But I think enough about G2 Team Liquid. We're going to review it and go in depth. Uh, tomorrow, Suning versus Machi X. So this was 369 uh, advertisement for Jax. I think uh, Godfist uh, Jax definitely sold a couple of skins off of this game alone. Uh, Suning uh, showed that uh, Nidley is playable for SuFM. He doesn't only play uh, Lee Sin and such. I think he played uh, Nidley uh, yesterday too. This was nothing new. But... Um, Nidli gets picked, Volibear Ash gets locked in, and uh, it's so strange because this is a Jax blind pick, which is nuts, right? Which is absolutely crazy. I think uh, Jax blind pick is um, mental. And your answer being Shen into it is kind of cringe, if I'm going to be honest. It's kind of weird. I think um, you can do better than that. Uh, <laughs> I think it's a matchup that uh, Jax is perfectly happy to get, considering he blind picked. Because this is Volibear Hango Jungle, right? And he did. Volibear Hango Jungle. And Shen is your choice? I don't know, Kevin. Uh, I think you can go deeper into the draft. Um, I got it. I didn't understand the purpose of the Shen. Pretty, pretty strange. I don't know how to shape an opinion around this because it's so, so strange. I really don't know, Kevin. Uh, like, especially considering your other choices. So, like, Shen has some crazy synergy here. There's very little synergy here. Like Shen Azir, that, that's not an exciting combo in my ears. Shen Volibear, hmm, I don't know, man. Like, if you ask me what I would pick, you know, you can go for, like, there's many picks that are good into Jax. Like, you can go Malphite, Malphite's good into Jax. You can go Lulu, you can go Singed. You know, there's many champions that, uh, that, uh, that, that are good. What else? Rumble, Cannon, Cannon, just go Cannon. Cannon would be nice, I think. 
more the mm, more the no more the no I think Fiora also skill matchup how does Maokai do into Jax I think winnable for Maokai but with time Jax wins but I like, I like more fight Vladimir no mm. anyhow Jace also can win yeah yeah there's many champions that count to Jax doesn't Akali count to Jax yeah that's also a good one also a good one Akali would have been very nice here. Akali is a good shout. Ilawi, I think, should win. Maybe. I don't know. We have enough champions, right? Not Shen. Yeah? We don't have to pick Shen. That's that's the key thing. And whoever play, said Mordecai is also uh, a little bit of uh, less weed in your diet. But I'm just kidding. Okay. We continue. Let me just uh, find the screen again with the drafts. Okay. This game, uh, I think uh, the when it comes to the draft, Jax is going to win split against Shen with time. And also the four champions on uh, blue side are so good into the champs that are seen on red side. Bard is a very neat pick into Azir and Ash. And uh, on top of that, you know, Bard is um, something that can buy Mikhail's. Mikhail's is a very strong item against Ash. You know, like, Shen can win against Jax. Don't get me wrong, guys. It can. Like, it's not like it's a completely one-sided uh, matchup for Jax. But I just don't understand... Shen to in con in context with everything else that's picked here. That's what's weird. Shen Azir. I don't know, man. It's it's just weird. Very, very strange. Like you have Shen, Azir, Volibear. Like these champions are just not so good together. And I think the the four, Ezreal, Bard, Syndra, Nidli completely counters the four of the enemy the moment you get Mikael's it is just uh, lost in the 4v4 so I don't know like if like I would enjoy for example Akali third and then maybe you have Akali Shen and then you have Akali into Syndra that would be interesting but it seems off of this game alone that mission is just a very heavy, you know, a very, very heavy mage player. Well, Jax was getting kills in 1v2s and 1v3s and uh, I think Swinning... You know, the Ezreal Bard was just holding on too well, and Ezreal Bard Syndra just killed. Uh, I think everyone's hyping up the Jax in this situation, but I think just uh, the, the the four is so much stronger than the enemy four. Like, the, the engage is so easy to deny, they have better poke, better range, and uh, there is no chance in hell that you're ever going to find a fight the moment uh, Mikhail's has been reached for Bard. So even though Jax was exciting in this game, I think... Uh, the four of uh, Sooning were just so so superior. I didn't feel like Sooning uh, ever had anything to be nervous about.
yeah, Singed is probably my favorite counter to Jax. I, I really enjoy playing that matchup because it really feels like you are uh, bullying someone when you're playing it. Why did so many people play Sooning as first place in Group A? They look so shaky. They look shaky to you? Really? I, I would beg to differ. I think um, they look shaky against G2, but that was the first game for everyone, so that game was uh, uh, very, very wild. But all in all, I feel like Sooning looks like the strongest team in Group A. I think Sooning in the rematch against G2 uh, can definitely beat them. I think this was a pretty one-sided affair. I don't think uh, Machine... Machi X Esports... Uh, I keep thinking it's X Machina. Yeah, Sooning is, is a strong team. We continue. Jax blinds is a baller move. <laughs> I don't know, man. Ex -ma I say ex machina and you say someone's watching too much anime. Yeah. I think you're watching too much anime. Because I don't know how you made that connection, my friend. <laughs> also, Shen gave up the volley flex. Yeah. But uh, you don't want to send volley brand to Jax. Why can you highlight messages when Yamato doesn't even read them? Well, it costs one of the points, so who cares? It's like a way of making uh, my eyes hurt. DRX versus Fly. So I am in disagreement about the idea that this game was close. I didn't feel like this game was close. I don't think a world where Caitlyn is 60 CS up, 5 platings up, uh, that the game is close. Especially when DRX scales better. So Kindred has been a pick that has rised, or it rose, it, it, it's raising. I'm just going to skip that word. I don't know how to bend it, uh, like Beckham. I'm just going to uh, say that Kindred is now higher... <laughs> <laughs> priority <laughs> and uh, as a pick into graves so in isolation in fights kindred uh, is good against what graves wants to accomplish graves is very short range he's borderline bruiser he's a, he's a bruiser uh, he, he of course he has some range abilities but he's very short range in order for, for you to achieve uh, maximum efficiency on this champion. And uh, you think about Orn as well. Something that, of course, Kindred is happy to play against. Anything that forces and is very, very, you know, oomph in terms of the ult. If you look at the comp, Orn, Graves, Oriana, the Kindred ultimate is going to, you know, be fine here. It's going to be fine. And... Um, I think uh, Graves, Pantheon, Orn, these are three champions that Kindred is happy uh, to uh, play against. And uh, this is a moment where Kindred is going to find value because his comp is outranging the enemy comp. 
If you think for fly, how are they supposed to kill the Caitlyn? It is very, very difficult. An Ornold needs to land, and then the Oriana ult needs to land, and then they need to get through the Kindred ult. So this is uh, the tricky part. Especially in a world where Caitlyn Lux is so, so far ahead. So an approach for FlyQuest this game could have been, oh, we're going to spam gank bottom. But the thing is, they did. They got the gank off when I think Korea and um, Deft, I was about to say Ruler, uh, Korea and Deft could have prevented the gank because they had so much information on the map. Something that the LCK teams do so, so well not only that one is, you know, their use of side worlds and how it is uh, connected uh, within the game. Uh, this gank that happened on Korea that he died from with the Pantheon and the Graves uh, was good, but it had no impact at all in terms of how the matchup played out. This matchup was very, very one-sided and Caitlyn uh, uh, and Lux were so goddamn far ahead. Sure, there is a world where FlyQuest have better chances if they don't fight for the second Rift Herald for absolutely no reason, uh, which definitely put them in a coffin. Uh, and like they put themselves in a coffin and then they were like, here are the nails, here's a hammer, please, you know, please, uh, you know, shut this door. In a world where that Rift Herald doesn't happen, maybe there's a world where they have, you know, some better chances to. Uh, get that soul drake, but I think their position was definitely a lot worse uh, in the game. A lot worse in the game. Caitlyn Lux, Maokai, Kindred, these are champions that scale insanely well. I was a bit surprised by some of the mistakes that happened. Uh, uh, I was um, a bit taken aback by Maokai dying and, uh, you know, how little freedom Zoe had uh, to play the game. But it felt in control, you know, for the most part. Uh, we could have had maybe an epic fight around the dragon, but I think on paper DRX were very, very favored. Uh, I'm recording something, Elena. What is it? I'm just going to double check to make sure that uh, everything is okay. So forgive me. Uh, grab some water. Give me a second. Where did we left leave off? So I was talking about how Caitlyn, Lux, and Maokai and uh, Kindred are going to scale so, so well uh, into this game. And uh, by the time the Soul Drake fight happened, Kindred, I mean, Caitlyn was already on 3-core. Kindred was buying the right items, even though Black Cleaver maybe would have been like, okay here. 
and uh, then uh, DRX wall out. And um, I didn't think it was as close as uh, the casters uh, made it out to be. You know, it was a it was an okay fight. You know, it was closer than I thought it would be in terms of the matchups, but I didn't feel like DRX would lose that at any point in time. To each their own. All right, Topis versus Unicorns of Love. So, this one was confusing. This was, um, I call this draft the conflict of two minds. Very strange. So we had a situation where, you know, Topis was banned Swain, Catherine and Necton, they kept it simple, first big Lucian. Arguable to leave the first big Lucian, but they banned AD carries. Banning AD carries and leaving Senna open after what Jackie Love did yesterday. Jackie Love yesterday had like the best Senna performance that I've ever seen from a Senna. That was DJ Nasty remix of Nasty. So Lucian gets first pick. Don't, don't, don't leave Lucian. I think. Sandra Camille, no Lilia pick here was interesting for Top Esports. They went Gragas Jacks, three six nine Jacks, LPL Jacks. You know uh, all about it. And Cartus third pick, and I was like, Cartus hmm. jungle into Gragas. Hmm. Interesting, interesting. And AD Carry hasn't been chosen. So you can be the one picking Senna, fourth. Is this what you planned all along? Was this your idea all along? I was like, okay, we got something here. Unicorns of Love showing some creativity. They went for Nautilus with the Leona Pantheon ban. Enemy takes Senna. I was like, where are you going with this? Well, what AD carry are you picking here? What is good with Nautilus? What's happening? Yeah? No idea. I was I was lost here. I said, what AD carry are you picking? Senatam. And giving Senatam, you know, well, why would you do that? Senatam is so good into your first three. Well, why would you do such a thing? Syndra, Camille, Cartus, enemy, Senatam. Senna loves to play against Kartus. You have healing, you have shields, you can deny the ultimate and prevent a snowball completely. Completely. Tom Kench also. Tom. Against Camille, Tom is happy. Tom against Syndra has some value. Why are you giving the Senna away here? And then, it all made sense. All of this hard work for Leeson on five pick. And um, I guess the idea is that Cartus is going to be bought, and then Leeson has good burst, Camille has good all in, and then Cartus is going to ult. But the problem is, Senna is also going to ult. And at the same time, 
What is Cartus going to do against Senna in lane? Like I've never seen that matchup. I've never seen that matchup. But let's theorize. Cartus has decent range on his Q. It's not bad. But what happens when Tom and Senna begin to walk forward? And uh, a slow lands. And Cartus is slowed with his shitty move speed. Yeah. Just... Yeah, okay. Top Esports way better than Unicorns of Love. And if Top Esports is in a position where they have a better draft too, I think the story speaks uh, for itself. Yeah. I think we can move on. Disappointing, to say the least. I hate to bring up Mad Lions, but <laughs> once again, it ties into Mad Lions losing against Supermassive and Supermassive getting pounded by Unicorns of Love. And then Unicorns of Love now dropping every single game. It definitely, you know, puts some things in perspective and makes my prediction of Mad Lions even more hilarious. <laughs> I did the mistake of thinking about scrim results. Because I have good things about Mad Lion Scrims. But I have a A lesson for all of us. <laughs> Fnatic versus Genji. What a game. What a game. This was... Fnatic's bot lane. 1v9ing. Uh, I don't know what got into life. But... It was... Lack of life. Because <laughs> he died a lot. Very, very much. I think... It was very confusing. I, I have nothing else to add, man. Exos Ignite was strange. And... Um, Senna Leona punished super hard and got super, super far ahead. And this gave Graves the easiest, you know, he was just going bot and picking up money bags. The key thing I want to focus on here is I really liked Fnatic's draft. I felt like Fnatic recognized that, uh, you know, we can just uh, pick up Orn and we can pick uh, champions that are decent team fighters and be in a healthy and good state. I uh, very much enjoyed that. I like this Fnatic draft. I think if you compare this Fnatic draft to uh, this Fnatic draft, this one was a big yikes. Like, what on earth is this? Very, very strange. Holy. So this was a um, good adaptation. Uh, Fnatic had the experience to do so. And uh, here the composition is very well-rounded. Um, the only worry would potentially be, you know, early game situations. 
uh, how is Graves going to find uh, Pryo uh, and something to play on. But Senna and Leona should have Pryo and Ezreal and Rakan, and uh, they had more than just Pryo. They had Pryo in all caps, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. This game, I felt like Genji found some good opportunities and definitely punished Fnatic when they overextended. I think Whippo has uh, too much of a mentality to stay on the turrets. Uh, like sometimes it's good to stay on the tower and sacrifice your wave, uh, sacrifice, sacrifice yourself for the wave. But in some situations, you shouldn't. And Bipo has kind of decided that he's never going to give up. And he died a couple of times. There were some TP plays that Genji did to, to recover a bit of the gold. But it felt like the damage had been done already. Ezreal was too far behind the curve. And his items kind of came in late. If we take a look at this draft and what we think about this draft. Uh, I don't see Genji as a super strong topside team. I think in some situations, Nidalee versus Renekton can work against Orn Graves, but I think in the context of what Genji is as a team, I really don't think they should be the ones drafting this. I think uh, there are some teams that are using Orn as a crutch, uh, and I think that's anyone that really isn't Damwon and Top Esports and maybe JDG right now, and maybe G2. Uh, but here, uh, going for Renekton Italy, in some cases it can work, but Orn and Graves can definitely contest that. Genji as a team, I see them as a team that just goes for 2v2 mids into bottom side, and every time the draft aligns with that, I think Genji looks like a very powerful team. When it doesn't, I think uh, some question marks are raised uh, within that sphere. It was also, you know, extra sad for Genji that as they're trying to uh, create some advantages in the top side. Their bot lane has been uh, annihilated harder than I've seen Genji ever get annihilated in bot side. Which was strange. Very strange. And as time uh, is Fnatic's friend, they had significant leads. Even though they threw uh, a little bit, uh, there was this big fight around the mid lane that started off kind of strange. I thought Fnatic were going to lose it considering their position. But uh, at that point, Oriana was too strong, and Orn was too strong, Grace was too strong. Every one of them had, uh, you know, the gold was in all of the right places. Azir is a BDD special. I think it's okay into Oriana. Uh, Ezreal also is a ruler preference. You know, ruler is one of the best Ezreals in the world. But at the same time, the strange thing about Ezreal is that... Um, is that it just doesn't fit with the idea of how I would view Genji. Because Ezreal is often the weak side bot lane. And it feels like Genji sometimes try to be more than they actually are. But I feel like maybe that ship has sailed already. If the game is about bot and snowballing bot and doing it through mid into bot, Genji dangerous. Other games, not so much. I think in this match, Azir had a lot of opportunities, and we're going to look at it in the review. There were moments where I was very surprised that Nemesis didn't contest waves. He could contest waves, like Selfmade was around mid lane, and he just chose not to, which gave Azir a lot of opportunities to impact the map. 
Nemesis was just farming away, farming away, and eventually, you know, uh, he had, uh, you know, good items and was very strong. But I think that's still a very big weakness that might be exploited, especially in quarters of Fnatic get through. Because in this group, I think Fnatic is looking like a solid second place. Ruler has been very bad in group stage. He was way better than this in LCK Summer, was a comment that I'm now reading. I want to remind everyone that uh, Ruler has, I think, some form of an ear infection. So he's not in ideal conditions. He is, I wouldn't want to be in his shoes, and I'm sure he's doing his absolute best, but let's keep in mind that he's not completely healthy. I don't know if Fnatic will be able to replicate this because Genji showed a lot of class in this and I think BDD definitely played better than Nemesis in this one in terms of how much he impacted the map. BDD's performance was something that we hoped out of, for example, a Bjergsen, but uh, of course I rated BDD as the best mid laner in uh, this uh, group. Ruler has Otitis Media in his right ear. Uh, he is bleeding from it as well. Now that is a wild name. Let's just uh, check out, uh, let's just Google that real quick. Uh, maybe we can uh, describe it. Otitis media is a group of inflammatory diseases of the middle ear. The two main types are acute otitis media and otitis media with effusion. AOM is an infection of rapid onset that usually presents with ear pain. Uh, well, I don't know which form of uh, otitis media he has, but uh, I wish uh, Ruler a speedy recovery. I think that's uh, that's rough, very, very rough. So I think we should take Ruler's performer performance with a grain of salt. And even about today, I don't know if I can really blame him, you know? That was a messy game, very messy game. I've had an ear infection in the past, I don't know if it was anything close to this, but uh, I had a light one and that really, really like affected everything that I want to do in life, you know? And I got antibiotics and so forth, but nevertheless, I don't want to speculate uh, anymore. Fnatic Genji, I don't know if they can replicate this. I really don't know. I think... There was a lot of comfort on the table here. Uh, well, not a lot, but I think the Oriana of Nemesis. I think when Lucian Oriana, we get to see a different Nemesis. And that is still the question for a lot of these players. Uh, same with Jensen, Oriana, when Oriana's out. Same with uh, Nemesis, Lucian Oriana out. What's going to happen with Broxo Graves out? These are some of the questions that I need an answer to. Because so I think here, everything aligned for Fnatic beautifully uh, to uh, win out this game. But uh, I think they did a lot of good things as well. The dives on bottom and uh, the usage of uh, some of their TPs. I was just very disappointed with the level of uh, Nemesis, how he was contesting mid when he had opportunities to do so. I don't know if it's a self-made decision or Nemesis decision, but it's definitely just a weakness of Fnatic when Azir can uh, run quite rampant uh, on the map. But still, 
I think this is a step in the right direction for Fnatic. And I think this is the step in the direction that Fnatic needed to do in order to be, you know, true to the prediction I made. Second place in this group. G2 should have banned Graves versus Liquid. Yeah, I think, you know, in hindsight, banning top laners when you have Wunder, which... You know, Wunder is a great performer in the tournament. And I think Wunder is a better player than Impact. Respect for Impact, but I think Wunder is a better player. And um, using three bands to get yourself in a Renekton Volleyball matchup, I think you can give him a, any matchup, and I think it would be fine. If you ban Graves, Oriana here, and then maybe Orn, if enemy picks Chen, like just fucking gangplank it up or something, you know, you're good. TSM versus LGD. So, similar to Fnatic, it seemed like TSM took a step back and took a look at uh, what they need to do uh, in order to showcase their strengths in this group. And um, Kindred, Nidalee, Orn were good bands against LGD. I think these are bands that um, I would myself consider in such a position. They went for the first big graves to deny LGD's access to the third jungler that they like to play and um, the Lilia third pick. Lilia, when Peanut played it, wasn't the strongest. Um, he had uh, some memes made about him and... Uh, it wasn't, you know, the greatest. But anyhow, Graves, enemy picks Renekton and Senna. I was surprised by the Shen, honestly. I was surprised by the Shen. I thought uh, they would be able to go deeper because I wanted to see a world where TSM play for a heavy, uh, heavy uh, topside game. Shen makes it into not-so-heavy topside game. So this game was extra tricky because LGD's laners are just good. She is a good player. She is a great player. I know that everyone had some question marks about Shea. He's had some games that are not that good, but she is a good player. And Oriana versus Leblanc 1v1 is winning for Oriana. But of course, she needs to consider the potential gank options. But I think the moment Ezreal Bar die 2v2 and Senna Nautilus can impact mid, I think that nullifies a lot of the things that TSM wanted to accomplish. And um, I didn't feel like the level of precision or activity was good enough. Like in this game, I straight up felt like LGD was just better. And um, my memory fails me because I'm trying to remember the key moments of the game. Hmm. Let me just open it up real quick and scroll through. Maybe it uh, wake, wakes up my imagination. 
Forgive me for the sloppiness of this video, but as I mentioned before, I am quite tired. So I hope you uh, can uh, take it easy with me. So LeBlanc as a champion is um, definitely not so good in the meta. You know, LeBlanc Graves is not a strong 2v2 by any stretch of the imagination. You know, LeBlanc Graves want to accomplish completely different things. So that's already awkward, you know? Very, very odd. Graves wants to farm. And Graves wants a mid laner that plays for him. Leblanc wants a jungler that doesn't need farm and can only play for Leblanc. So Leblanc is only relevant in metas where Lee Sin is relevant, where maybe Volibear or Set are relevant. I don't think Leblanc was such a selfish pick. I think this was TSM's attempt at uh, just doing what they know. I think the double, do, double kill on bottom against Ezreal Bard is something that you just can't have. It just can't happen. I think Nautilus and Senna having complete freedom in this game uh, definitely suffocated any of the plans that TSM wanted to do. And the TSM plan isn't ironclad in the first place. Graves, Shen, Leblanc, just Graves, Leblanc isn't the strongest 2v2 combination. So let me just open TSM's HD real quick and I'm just going to scroll through it and I'll uh, talk to you guys while I'm doing it. La da da da, la di di di. So we had the duo kill on bottom, that one was nasty. And then with the prior bottom, if I remember correctly. LGD were contesting the map. Hmm. Oh, we, we, we'll just review it again. Whatever. I think you guys uh, won't be too mad at me. Right? You won't be too mad at me. So at the Ezreal Bard, okay. You know, Ezreal Bard, I think, when they are playing weak side, they're very strong champions. I think they almost always have usefulness when it comes to, you know, impacting the map. But or, but Nautilus Senna getting solo kill, uh, super, super big deal. Very important. Shen is not going to be that useful into ulting bottom side. Shen wants to play with Graves and LeBlanc and find situations. Ezreal, I mean, Nautilus, Senna... Hovered into mid. I think the biggest issue with TSM's draft is just the Graves Leblanc synergy. I think Graves Leblanc synergy I don't like too much. And if you think about TSM and how they are as a team, uh, maybe the Shen isn't uh, the greatest look. But this composition is all about making sure that Leblanc is ahead and you want to use Bard to facilitate that, which is possible. You know, if you have Bard, Shen, Graves playing for LeBlanc, then this game is definitely something that is winnable. You know, LeBlanc, if she is ahead and super fed, can definitely carry a game that looks like this. But it just didn't happen. It just didn't happen. 
I don't think this was some tragic TSM draft where, wow, they had no chance coming out of the game. No, I just felt like LGD played better. I don't think Shen is a counter to Renekton. I think that's uh, a bit weird. I was like, is this Shen jungle? Shen jungle, Gravestop. Uh, Gravestop into Renekton. Is that, is that the, the dark technology? I thought maybe that was uh, an idea. <laughs> but uh, it didn't happen. Ezreal Bard, I don't mind. This was the first time we saw double lift in the tournament or something else, but not Senna, and they got 2v2, killed. So that was Sag. Oriana wins 1v1 against LeBlanc. And uh, Renekton had prior top, could push, and I feel like diffusing the plan uh, becomes so easy the moment a double kill happens on bottom. Like, you need to make very intelligent sacrifices on Bard and Graves in order to snowball the LeBlanc against Oriana. But making intelligent sacrifices is so counterintuitive to what Graves wants to do. When we were um, practicing Leblanc with, for example, Vitality, so Juzuki, great Leblanc, the idea that we really cemented was that the jungler cannot allow himself to be too predictable. Uh, the engaged distance of Leblanc and her ability to latch on a chain to almost any mage is unmatched. So it's all about gang pressure. All, all about gang pressure. And the Graves can't accommodate that. We're going to review this game to look closer on uh, the fine print and the details, but uh, let's uh, continue on. Oh, wow, that's a huge donation. Really interested in your take on how much of a chance PSG have to be rogue. Well, I think that's going to be... Oh, is it perfect coming into the next day? Wait, there's no rogue game the next day. Well, just because you uh, gave me 10 bucks, I will add it to the video. I think the chances are very, very slim. I think rogue is much better than PSG, and rogue is a team that very rarely loses to teams that are below them in standings. I think Rogue as a team uh, is good at drafting what's good for them, which doesn't mean it's a, the perfect optimized draft in the current state of affairs, but they always draft what's good for them. They don't really drop uh, um, the ball. But at the same time, they are very good and precise in the way they approach the game. So I don't think PSG is going to have some... Fresh breath of air, I don't think it's going to happen. So I think Rogue, uh, like 80% win is how I would put it. But that's a crazy number. But I don't know. I think Rogue is going to win. I would not put money on PSG. Looking at day five and looking at Team Liquid and G2 and the story of Sooning, I think Machi X Esports can play spoiler. I think they're good enough to do that. I think that the thing that they showed in the first day was exciting but it has kind of died down right i think gemini is good i think there's a world where g2 completely shoot themselves in the foot again can happen there is a world where g2 don't get out right i'm leaning towards they will get out but there is a world where they don't get out and Something that we need to also think about is that they also have 
a decent chance of getting second place. Coming into the matchup G2 against Suning the second time, I don't think luck is going to be as much on G2's side. And I think in terms of snowballing the game, Suning are looking quite crisp. I think they have strong individual players. I don't think uh, there's something there that you can abuse. And I think when they get opportunities to snowball, so FM and Sword Art are very, very good at capitalizing and leading the young Suning roster. So now if I look at G2 versus Suning, and I would look at the matchup again, I'm honestly leaning towards Suning. G2 need to change things up. And uh, in a lot of cases, I would not be, you know, believing in the idea of changing things up. But G2 is the team to do it. You know, they have a lot of depth in terms of champion pool. I think they're very experienced players that can easily, you know, see uh, the issues of their ways. I think it is a team that is good at downloading opponents and after playing once, usually the second time uh, they play again, uh, they do better. But it's such a large step in order to make it feel for me that it's a convincing win against Suning. Because I think the good things Suning did against G2 are much easier to replicate than what went good for G2. What went good for G2 in the Suning game? Very tough to replicate besides Mickey's performance, Cap's performance, and of course Wounds' performance. And these three players have been the most impressive for me when it comes to G2. Team Liquid versus G2, I lean G2. Because I think preparation can really cause damage to Team Liquid. And I think for those saying that they experimented and, you know, tested things against Team Liquid, I think um, that's kind of disingenuous. Because a 3-0 now would mean that they can uh, potentially uh, get away uh, with uh, losing against Suning. But there's a chance now that Suning goes 5-1, which looks likely. I don't think Team Liquid is going to beat them. I don't think Machi X is going to beat them. So that makes it tough. But at least in a world where G2 beat Suning, we're going to you know, have no tiebreaker because it would be 2-0. Another interesting tidbit is if Team Liquid beat G2, then G2's 2-2 becomes a lot less valuable because Team Liquid would have the head-to-head in a potential tiebreaker. So if Team Liquid win this match, qualification for G2 becomes very, very difficult. Very hard. It means that they need to win one more game than Team Liquid. This game against Team Liquid that they lost might cost them the position of first seed, even if things go well. I just want you to, you know, process that for a moment. It's very wild. So this first game... is going to decide super, super much. And then, of course, the final game. 
I think anything that happens in between is whatever. Team Liquid versus Sooning is also exciting. Uh, we would have to see Team Liquid in a light where they don't have so shitty matchups. Maybe the game against Sooning is going to look different. But all in all, G2, if they want to guarantee first seed, they need to win all games. And I don't recall a world where having first seed was as important as this one. As this one. But you could, you know, you could get second seed and say, please God, put me up against Genji or Fnatic. That could be something. But if you're playing against Damon or Top Esports, you're going out of the tournament. I know that um, a lot of fans are going to reference to G2 beat Damon the last time. This is not the same Dam one and it's not the same G2. These storylines read differently. But I have to say that G2, Mickey X's performance has made me hopeful. Because I think Mickey is in top form. I think Caps is in decent form. I think he can play better than he's had. I think Wonder is in great form. Perks is a player that ramps up. And Yankos can do more too but in the current form if you told me put money on the winner between G2 and Damon or G2 and Top Esports baby I am putting money on Top Esports and Damon Mickey's form currently reminds me of um, MSI Mickey which was a very powerful Mickey. Team Liquid, still the question remains, how are they going to look like without Oriana and Graves? It always happens, it always happens. Team Liquid show a lot of good things, like this game today was very good, a good game. I don't want to take anything away from that. But it was still with the Oriana and the Graves. So important champions, yeah? Don't you remember how bad G2 was in groups last year? Well, I think the key difference there is that um, their path to that and that year in general, we had MSI, G21 MSI, group stage, they still beat Griffin pretty convincingly. They had some fun games against uh, Cloud9. I don't remember what the third team was, honestly, in that group. I don't know what the third group was. Cloud9, they walked over them. And then they lost two games against uh, uh, Griffin because they had a tiebreaker. Both teams were 5-1. and one. And then I think their quarters opponent and their semifinals opponent was perfect. Hong Kong attitude. So that was just the, the perfect... Uh, path for them 
Because I honestly feel that year, if if G two ran into an FPX or an IG, or maybe even a Griffin, but they can't, right? Because they come from the same group. I think maybe they would have ended earlier. But I think G2 is very good against teams that have a very specific way of playing the game. That is that doesn't replicate itself very, very well. Dam one that year, Dam one the year they got beat by G2 was um Dam one had a very weak bottom side. They didn't have a 2v2 mid, and all Canyon did was cover up. They, he tried to hide the truth from everyone. He was like, guys, our bot lane is good. Look, they have a kill here. I gave them this kill, but nobody knows. That was what Canyon was doing. And then Showmaker and Noguri were like, okay, we are really good. We're going to try to do our best to take Klepto and to try to snowball the game on our own. <laughs> that was that was Damon's game plan. And um, Noguri and Showmaker were really good alone, but they had they they had this mindset of playing in such a greedy way uh, that definitely, you know, it's not something that is going to win you tournaments. Not at all. And G2 had wonderful preparation, great preparation. Their bot lane was in really insane form. People were saying that Mickey is better this year than last year, but Perks and Mickey together as a unit was really pog champ last year. Really, really pog. Caps, all he did was made sure he had a matchup that could push against Showmaker. They gave Caps push against Showmaker, and he knew he could push all the time because Canyon was never coming. And then the whole idea of Wonder was, I'm going to pick Jace away. Jace is good against Kale, good against Vladimir, and uh, the enemy. <laughs> and uh, and uh, it was always a good matchup for uh, Wonder. He was picking Jace. And then Caps was pushing, roaming into top, pushing, roaming into top, pushing, roaming into top. Not an excuse, but would G2 be hiding some of their strats? I think you really want to beat Team Liquid in this position. Because if they beat Team Liquid here, it means that uh, there is a chance that they don't have to beat... Uh, like, I, I, I don't think this is the, the time for you to freestyle. Unless they feel really confident that they are going to beat Sooning. There's a world where they, G2 goes 4-2 and two and have gets second place. Someone mentioned about asked about Doimbi about the uh, about Genji's uh, draft, and I agree. Like I made the same point when we discussed it. Uh, I didn't like Renekton Nidalee. I think some teams can pull this off, but I don't think Genji is the one that is going to do it well. I think Genji is a mid and to bottom side team, and I think when they are playing it, they are definitely uh, one of the better teams at this tournament. Definitely like top five in my eyes when they're playing mid and to bottom. But if the draft isn't that, then kick W, you know? Not kick W, but it looks rough. BDD was really insane here. BDD was crazy fucking good. I think BDD has been an absolute monster in groups. I love what I'm seeing from BDD. What a beast.
For anyone asking questions about the other days, we're going to cover that uh, as we are summarizing day five. We're going to cover the next day and the next day and the next day. So please uh, stay tuned for uh, future videos. Uh, once again, I repeat, this is going to be available on Spotify, Apple, uh, podcasts, blah, blah, blah. It is what it is. Thank you so much. If you sneezed during this video, bless you and bless your face. I'll catch you guys on the next one. Please don't miss my reviews tomorrow. They're going to be done on stream. We're going to start very early in the morning. We're going to be here at 10 in the morning. Same as usual world's times. We're going to pick up a few review games and then I'm going to spend time with my beautiful girlfriend because the last days during the world championship I have been neglecting her and our cats. Are you 55? Yes, I'm 55. Look at me, man. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me.